Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. So I get to share the word. I'm super honored to do it. So uh, while we're still standing, though, I, I have to give honor where honor is due to, I know they're not here, but to Eli and Kelly Nelson. Hey. They are truly one of a kind, guys. Their tenacity is is. I've never, I've never seen it in anybody else. And uh, another role I have here at the church that a lot of people might not know about is that I'm uh, their executive assistant. So I get to work with them on a different level than most people. And I, I'm telling you, what you see is what you get. Uh, there is no different person from the stage to the office to their home. And they're visionaries, and, and I love them. And we have literally the best pastors yeah, in the world. So can we give it up for them one more time? Wherever they are, hope they feel this love. And I want to honor one more person, and it is my amazing husband, yeah. who is in the booth every single weekend. Uh, he, he hates this. He just shut the door. He's not a words guy. Uh, but if you have not met him, he is the most confident, godly man, joy-filled man that you've ever met in your life. Uh, we've been married for a little over a year now, so it's exciting. Our first year was great. Guys, if you're single, dating, engaged, don't believe it. Your first year can be so healthy and benefit when it's partnering with the Holy Spirit. So I'm really thankful for the year I've gotten to have and the many more to come. And yes, we are expecting <laughs> three months we'll have our first baby girl. So But today is going to be a fantastic day in the house of God. It already has been. We are in a series, our relationship series called Real Friends. Not fake friends, real friends. Yep, all crossed out, right? Real friends. So Pastor Tyler kicked us off last weekend. Can we give it up for him? It was so good. Just talking about really like what kind of friendships do we look for? What, what kind of relationships should we have in our life? And, and I'm going to kick it off for week number two. And I'm going to actually move our focus a little bit more inward here because we can have these most health, the healthiest relationship in the world. We can find the best godly friend, the best godly spouse, whatever it might be. But the number one relationship killer I found is actually in us, and it is unforgiveness. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk about unforgiveness and offense today, okay? On, so the title of my message is Pay Me What You Owe Me. Oh, Pay Me What You Owe Me. I'm going to pray. We're going to get going. God, thank you so much for yeah. who you are. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your church. Your church is the best thing in the world. And I praise you for what you're going to do today. God, I pray that you would soften hearts and open ears to hear. Not what I'm saying, but what the Holy Spirit is saying directly from heaven to earth. Pray that they would hear your word as it is, your word, which is a non-negotiable, which is the best path through their life, God. And I pray that there would be freedom in the house of God today. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So I'm actually going to dive right into scripture. How do you feel about that? Okay, Matthew 18, 23. Um, guys, I was so nervous about using this podium because of how short I am. <laughs> I feel like it's drowning me. <laughs> but no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, embrace it, right? All right. Pay me what you owe me. We're going to be in Matthew 18, 23. I'm re- preaching out of the New King James this morning. So therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And we had, when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Say 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Say a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. It's a tough parable to read. but it's so good because it brings some freedom, okay? So I want to just break this apart right away because I want to get practical the rest of the time I have up here, okay? So this master, in other translations, is a king. This represents God, okay? God comes to this first servant, or the king comes to this first servant. Well, guess what? We are the first servant. And that first servant owes, do you guys remember what it was? 10,000 talents, What the heck is a talent? Okay, it's a unit of gold or silver, typically weighing about 73 pounds, used in the uh, New Testament times, okay? Uh, I have a 73-pound pit bull. Like, it's literally like a block of gold the size of my pit bull. That's insane, okay? That's one talent. One talent is equal to 6,000 denarii, which was the currency used later in the parable, Um, So 6,000 denarii would actually even take 16 years to earn, okay? So one talent took 16 years to pay back, but he owed 10,000 talents. That is equivalent to 60 million denarii, which is worth about 160,000 years wages, Okay, 160,000. Can anyone do that? And no, we are not ever alive that long. So this debt was literally unpayable. 
There was nothing the servant could do to pay, de- pay back this debt to the king, to the first master, okay? That is a picture of us. We cannot pay back God what we owe him. There is a debt because of the sinful nature inside of us that we cannot repay. But some good news, Jesus came and paid that debt, right? Amen. Jesus paid the debt. So we are debt free. We are forgiven of everything. We're forgiven of an unpayable debt to God. Now we have relationship with him. Now we have salvation, eternal salvation. So praise God. That's what we encounter every single day when we think about the gospel, when we think about what God has done for us. But then there's a second servant that we, remember we're the first servant, we turn around, we find other people in our world who owe us something. Okay, that second servant only owed 100 denarii. 100 denarii is about 100 days wages. So it was something. He definitely, he did owe him money, but it was nothing in comparison to the first debt that the servant owed the master, right? It could have been paid back easily with some patience and, I don't know, grace, like anything. But this guy chokeholded him and said, no, pay me what you owe me and threw him into prison. The question isn't, the thing is, it's not whether... He owed him money because he did, okay? There was a wrongdoing. But what makes the first servant look so foolish is his reaction because of the first encounter he had with the master. We can't forgive people when we have forgotten that we've been forgiven. God forgave us so we can forgive other people. I'm going to say it again. God forgave us of an unpayable debt that we could never earn. We can turn around and forgive other people who have wronged us. Okay, how? <laughs> that's probably the harder part. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's what I'm going to answer, okay? So how do we actually forgive people? Because it's so much easier said than done. And I feel like growing up as a Christian, I've been saved for about 16 years. Um, like, I always hear that, right? You should forgive people. You should forgive people. I'm like, yeah, of course I, yeah, definitely. God, I forgive them. Nothing changes. Okay, God, God, I really forgive them. I really forgive them this time. Nothing changes. Okay, so that's what I want to help with today. I want to give you guys super practical tips on how do you actually forgive people using a ton of scripture. So if you are not taking notes, I highly encourage you to take notes because I'm going to throw a lot of scripture at you and some really practical stuff, okay? Are you ready? All right, how do we forgive people? Unforgiveness is a heavy weight. It, it ends up having layers upon layers of years of offense when it's not dealt with, right? And that's what we really want to avoid. Um, but again, we have the power to forgive because God forgave us. So as you read scripture, the whole Bible, the first thing we need to do when it comes to forgiveness is we need to recognize it. Number one, we got to recognize it. We have to actually recognize that we have unforgiveness. 
that's kind of the hardest part because if you don't recognize it, you don't have to deal with it, right? You can just shove it under the rug. <laughs> you don't have to go through anything. <laughs> I've forgiven them. I'm good. But we're not going to do that because we want some freedom. <laughs> Psalm 139, 23 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Okay, we have to recognize we have unforgiveness. The Holy Spirit, if you ask him, will tell you if you have unforgiveness. God does not want it in you, so he will reveal it if you ask him, okay? Um, but there's also a deeper part to this, okay? We, we can recognize it, but we also need to start digging up our hearts to see what's gone on in our lives because of it, okay? That's where we get the full healing from it. So when we recognize it, we need to think about what the effect has been on us. What has the effect been on us? And that can look like, like thinking about what have you thought about because of that offense, because of that person? Do you have good thoughts about that person? Probably not. It's okay. <laughs> you have bad thoughts. Ooh, that's probably unforgiveness. What have my feelings been about that person? We, uh, we I've learned we're really bad at naming our emotions. <laughs> so, it seems so simple, right? We all learned in kindergarten, like you had the emotion chart, right? And you're like, point, I'm feeling sad today, right? But we all forgot that at some point. <laughs> And that's okay, I'm with you, okay? Um, but there's so much power in actually naming the emotion, okay? Because of that person, I feel rejected. Because of that offense, I feel sad. Because of that, I feel angry. Because of that, I feel abandoned. If we can name that emotion, you're taking away a lot of its power. So actually sitting there and sitting with God and asking God, what have I felt what have I felt because of this person or this offense? When you have an offense, there's an effect, and then there's also a response. This is the part we also don't like to talk about. Um, there's stuff that we do in response to that. We might not have done something in the first place, but now, because we've been hurt, we start to think about them in a way. We start to say things about them behind their back. We start to do things in our lives that aren't godly because we're hurt. We're hurt. And, and guys, we're all there, okay? But we have to sit with God and actually think about these things and let them out and recognize them in order to get the healing we actually need and the full forgiveness, amen? So thinking and asking God. <clears throat> A lot of times with offenses, we start to make a vow or a decision, and we don't even realize it. We can go years with this, un, this unspoken vow, okay? Let me give you an example. Um, my biggest offense came from my own father who had an affair, and my parents got divorced as I grew up. For, I don't know, 20 years, I had a vow that said men can't be trusted, I didn't even know it. And it's not like I said it or wrote it down in my room and put it on my wall. But that would be terrible. <laughs> Please don't do that. Uh, 
but because of the offense that I, I, I never forgave my dad, so now I had this image of men and this script I written in my life that I lived by. It just creeped in there ever so slightly. So we need to ask God, what is there a vow that I've written? And just start like noticing yourself in life as you look around and notice certain people or, or places or workplaces or things like that. If you start to kind of have that dialogue that traps you. Praise God, I recognized it because I wouldn't be married <laughs> if I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I, like, guys, I didn't even have, like, guy friends. That's how deep that vow went. But somebody, like, I, I was revealed to me, and I dealt with it, and I confessed it. So that's all with recognizing. So, and I, I talked about my biggest offense, okay? A lot of times when we have offense and unforgiveness towards people, it's not always the person in front of us who we're actually offended by. I like to call them the first offender. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, it's typically someone in your childhood that affected you in a, in a negative way. Um, we're humans, okay? We all have it. It's a teacher, sibling, parent. I don't know. Insert what it is. But because of that offense that you never actually forgave or dealt with, you now project that hurt onto every other person who symbolizes that person in your life. When I actually realized that it was the hurt that I had from my dad, I, I, all these little offenses I had with other men in my life were gone because it wasn't them. It was that first offender. So that's recognizing, that's how we recognize our offense, okay? Number two, we're going to realign it. Realign it. We've recognized it. We've brought it all up. We've dug in our heart to see what's really going on. It feels so good. Now we're going to give it to God when he's going to realign it with his word. Amen? I love the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Hannah uh, was not able to conceive, and she was going to the temple, and she's so heartbroken about it, okay? She wanted a kid so bad. And she goes to the temple every year, and she was pouring out her heart to God, so much so that Samuel, who was the prophet, thought she was drunk. And this is the interaction that they have, so 1 Samuel 1, 15. Oh, no, oh, no sir, she replied, because he was, like, going to kick her out. He's like, go home, you're drunk. She wasn't drunk. <laughs> I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged. She named the emotion. I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. She recognized her emotion and her hurt, and she poured it out to God. Not her best friend, not her husband, not a therapist. Guys, I'm all about therapy, but she poured it out to God. We got to pour out our hearts to God. What does that actually look like? Tell God how you feel. Tell God your unmet expectations. A lot of times that's so much at the root of offense is we had an idea of how a situation was supposed to go and it didn't go that way and our expectations were broken, right? That's almost every single offense in your life. You wanted it to go one way, it went another way, and now you're hurt. Tell God. Tell God about it. 
Tell God what you wish would have happened. Tell God what you want to happen now. Pour out your heart to God. Psalm 142, 1 says, I cry aloud to who? The Lord. Amen. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. As we realign it, we pour out our heart to God. We're then going to switch gears a little bit here. And we're going to actually give thanks to God. Ooh. We're going to give thanks for something we didn't want. Okay. I'm going to give you so much scripture here. Are you guys ready? This is why we give thanks, because the Bible tells us. Psalm 116, 17. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. A sacrifice is something we don't want to do. So if we're giving him a sacrifice of thanksgiving, that means we're literally thanking him for something we didn't want. Crazy. Psalm 50, 14. Sacrifice, thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High and call on me in the day of trouble. Then he's going to do what? I will de Deliver you, and you will honor me. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And all of this sounds crazy because guess what? The Bible tells us it's going to sound crazy in 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the message of the cross is foolishness <laughs> to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So even though it sounds so foolish in our human nature to thank God for something we didn't want, it is actually the power that is going to save us from the chains of unforgiveness. Amen? Amen. Romans 8, 28. Why can we thank God? Because we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. He has a plan. So giving thanks does not justify the offense or the offender. That's not what I'm saying. Thanking God puts us in alignment with his sovereignty. It's saying, I don't have to understand everything you do, but I know you're in control. I'm willing to accept however you want to use this in my life for your purposes. Okay, we've recognized it. We've released it. Or no, I'm sorry. Oh, I just gave away the next one. Dang. <laughs> okay, we recognize it. We realigned it. We're going to release it, okay? <laughs> uh, this is where we finally forgive, okay? Look at all this, like, work we actually had to do to fully forgive. This is why... We walk around at Christians and we're like, oh, I said the prayer, I forgave them. But we didn't deal with this. We didn't deal with the thing in our heart. But after we've dug it up, we've realigned it, we're going to release it. We're going to forgive them. We're going to bless them. What? We're going to bless them. And that I, I had to sit down and like have a, an out loud prayer. God, I forgive them. I forgive blank for blank. I cancel the debt they owe me. They owe me nothing. God, I pray that you would bless them. 
I pray that you would provide for them. I pray that you would save them if they're not saved. That's the final step. We release them, we forgive them, and we bless them. And that's an active choice. So I'm saying, it's probably best to say it out loud because there's power in your tongue and there's power when you speak and say these things. I'm well aware that this isn't the easiest thing to apply to your life. Um, And never in my message today was my intention to say that your offender is or was justified in their action. Forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same. Forgiveness is a mandate from God in his word. Reconciliation is something that you need to really be wise about, get some outside counsel, because reconciliation means you're okay with them and you're fully like back in their life. That doesn't always have to happen. Forgiveness always has to happen. Reconciliation does not, okay? But as I close today, I want to go back to the ending scriptures. Uh, It's verse 31 out of Matthew 18. Sorry, my beginning scriptures. I want to end with them. Perfect. So when his fellow servants saw what he had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. You know who the torturers are? Fear rejection, insecurity, shame, hopelessness. Those are the things that plague our hearts when we have unforgiveness, saved or unsaved. We might not be in a physical prison, but we are in a prison in our hearts and our minds. The reason I share this all today It's because I wish you could see who I was about 10 years ago before I learned all this. I had an amazing godly mentor who taught me this stuff and I'm literally just teaching it back to you because of how much freedom it's given me. I was jaded, I was bitter. People had to walk on eggshells around me. I was already saved, guys. This isn't different, like I was already saved, but I had anxiety The peace of God wouldn't sit with me for more than a few days. And then someone told me, hey, have you ever learned about forgiveness and actually how to forgive? I'm like a completely different person. It was like a 180 from when I first got saved. And then I was like still like walking it out, but like like life was hard and tough. And then I learned how to forgive. (laughs) And now it's like Life's great, guys. Like, I don't walk around with torturers in my head all day. I'm free. That's what forgiveness can do to you, and that's why it's so worth it. It's so worth the time. It's so worth digging up the past junk because it's tormenting you right now. So I really have um, two people I want to address as I close today. Um, and you can come take the podium from the stage, please. Second, in some room. Thanks. 
Uh, the first people are the people in this room who are already believers. And this message is just hitting home. Okay? Hitting home. You feel like you're saved, but yet you feel tortured. Okay? By fear, anxiety, offense. You're bitter. You're walking on eggshells. Okay? And my, my question to you is, have you for, do you need to forgive somebody? Actually, I'm going to have you guys stand to your feet. My question to you is, do you need to forgive somebody? And I'm going to ask you to be really bold and raise your hand here in a second if that's you. Because I want to pray for you. Because I know how hard that is. I know how hard it is when you actually sit down and go, oh my gosh, I have unforgiveness in my heart towards insert whoever it is. And I know how scary it is to actually go and deal with it. So, if you're in this room and you have unforgiveness in your heart and you wanna be freed from it, you wanna deal with it, will you raise your hand this morning? Praise God, thank you. Praise God. God, I pray that you would bless them. God, we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to come in this room right now. God, we pray that there would be freedom found, God. I thank you for their bravery, God, and I pray that they would continue to walk in the God-obedient calling to actually address the unforgiveness, God. I thank you for their desire for healthy relationships, God. I declare that over their life that they would have future relationships that are so solid because of the freedom you're going to give them tonight, today, this week, whatever it may be, God. But I pray, God, that you would meet them right where they're at very quickly, God, when they go to turn to you, when they go to pray, God, when they go to deal with this offense, God, would you meet them so quickly? Would you partner with them, God? Would you reveal old memories, old past, old hurts, old vows, whatever it might be, God? Would you bring freedom in the name of God to this church, God? Would there be Christians not walking around being tortured, but instead Christians who walk in freedom to forgive and be forgiven, God? I thank you, Jesus, for your word for the promises that you have, God, that their life is not over, that there is so much more on the other side of it, God, and we release blessing, future callings, God, future relationships over them, God, of health, of purity, God, of power. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.